Welcome to the KHOW Podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on doing the word, living the word, and following the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. Um, but we are just going to be reviewing what we have been doing, what we have been talking about this entire month of April, which was the month of me, me equaling Jesus. And so um, I am excited that, who's excited that you made it through the month? <laughs> right? So we've, we've made it through the month. We are, um, we should be, okay, somebody, I might have to mute you guys. I, I hear somebody has like a little echo, but um, what we should be is, oh, okay, that's not me. What, what should be happening is that we should feel like we have had some growth in this month. Um, this month should have, should be producing in you, uh, you should have been stretched this month. There should be a greater level of intentionality and focus on your relationship with the Lord himself, right? Because we, are, we have been talking about um, making sure that we are not focused on things, but the one thing, right? That one thing being Jesus himself. So me equaling Jesus. So tonight we're doing just a recap of every uh, facet that we walk through of making sure that we are not. So tonight we wanna make sure that we are. Okay, we've done everything. We've talked about everything that we should make sure we're not. So now we're going to go back and make sure that we are. So number one, um, when we talk about this month of me, me equaling Jesus, remember our theme scripture is Matthew 419, which says this, um, come and I will come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Okay, so the first month was was uh, as we studying the year of discipleship, we're in the first six months of being made into disciples. So the first month was come, second month was abandoned, third month was follow, and this fourth month was me, me equaling Jesus. And so it's really about connecting our relationship um, as we learned how to partake in the followship of Jesus. We now need to understand the position of Jesus in our lives, right? The position as it pertains to the way he speaks, how he moves, our position in resting in him and sitting at his feet. And so tonight what I wanna give you is as we go back in understanding now what we should make sure we are, I wanna give you some things that will attach to the other places that we've been in the last couple months. So number one, now we have to make sure we are taking Jesus on the journey, right? Because before we were making sure that we were not leaving Jesus out of the journey. So now we have to make sure that we are taking Jesus on the journey. And so we were in Proverbs 16 and we read one through three. And I'm going to read the uh, message version this evening. And it says, mortals make elaborate plans, but God has the last word. Humans are satisfied with whatever looks good. God probes for what is good. Put God in charge of your work, then what you've planned will take place. And here's what I want to make sure that we are not confused about. When it says what you have planned, what you have planned should only be the plan that God gave. 
And oftentimes what we are doing is we're planning things and then asking God to bless or jump into the journey that we have laid out versus being on and in the plan and on the road for the journey that he has laid out. If Jeremiah 29 11 says he knows the plans, then the plan that we, that the plan that we should be, um, the, the plan that God is in charge of is going to be connected directly to his will and the plan for your life, okay? So what we have to make sure is that we're always taking him on the journey. We talked about the story of the disciples being on the boat, right? And sometimes when we don't feel Jesus is active, we forget that he is present, right? So here comes this storm, and because Jesus is asleep on the boat, they forget that he's actually with them. And so life can bring a lot of different, uh, right now, we, we, we are in a time that we have never been in before. I don't know anybody, any of you who have ever experienced the moment of time that we are in with COVID-19. We have been tossed, we have been, you know, we have, uh, emotions have been tossed, feelings have been up and down, we have been shut into the house. And yet here is the thing we cannot forget, Jesus is still on the boat with us. That despite what everything else looks like, Jesus is very present. And we can forget that he is present when we are putting, focusing our attention on everything else that, that is before us, right? So we cannot forget that we have to make sure that we take Jesus on the journey. And here's the truth. The truth is that Jesus is really taking us <laughs> because they were on the boat with Jesus to get to the other side. So the truth is Jesus is really the one leading us. <laughs> He's the one in control. <clears throat> but as we journey along, we have to make sure that we don't drop him off before we get to dry land. That when we get in the middle of a storm, we don't start looking for everything else to save us but the Savior. Right? So if we were on a boat and things started to happen, the first thing we would look for is a lifesaver. <laughs> there is only one lifesaver for the, the, the follower of Jesus Christ, and that is Jesus himself. So when the boat of your life starts rocking, remember the saver the savior, the lifesaver is actually already present and with you. So you don't need to look elsewhere and try to find something else to do what only he can do, which is save you. Amen. So secondly, we have to make sure we are listening to what Jesus is really saying. I'm sorry. Let me go back. Oh, no, I'm right. Keep going. I'm going to give you guys some points after. So listening to what Jesus is really saying. We have to make sure we're listening to what Jesus is really saying, not what we think he is saying, not what we want him to be saying, but what he's actually saying. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 14. And you can write these down because I'm going to read them for you tonight. So we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 14. <coughs> Excuse me, I have a little cough. And 33, I'm going to read this out of, give me one second, out of the Passion Translation. And it says this, for God, 
is the God of harmony, not confusion, as is the pattern in all the churches of God's holy believers. We talked about this. God is not confused about what his plan or his decision is for your life. And sometimes we think he's confused because there are things that he is saying, asking, requiring, that you look at who you are and go, are you sure you sure about me? Are you sure? Are you sure you sure? And God's like, I'm, I'm, I've never been confused. I wasn't confused when I created the world. I wasn't confused when I, I, I fashioned and formed you. I wasn't confused when I decided who your parents were gonna be. I wasn't confused about the time that you would arrive on earth. I wasn't, you know what I'm saying? When you look at your life, he has never been confused. The thing is that we get confused, but the truth of the matter is you only question God's certainty when you are uncertain of yourself. Because why would he ask somebody to do something that you don't place enough value in? The truth of the matter is, is we have, we see, we don't see ourselves or put the same value upon ourselves that we do others. So when God comes and starts saying something to you that's big or seems like it could be too hard, you, we question God. And what we're really saying is, are you sure you're sure? <laughs> right? But when God is, what he is saying, he's really saying it, guys. He really loves you that much. He really is for you. He really does have a plan. It's not cliche. He really does. He really wants to see you prosper. And I'm not talking about everybody here is going to be a millionaire, so let's not get that crazy. He wants you to prosper in good health, even as your soul prospers, right? He wants you to, 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 to have great faith. He wants you to understand his heart for you, right? So he's not confused about what he's saying. Number three, <laughs> we have to make sure we are letting Jesus direct when we don't understand. Letting Jesus direct when we don't understand. We read Mark 10, 17 through 22, which was the story of the rich young ruler, right? So he comes to Jesus and he asks him, what, what does he have to do to enter into the kingdom? And he tells him, sell everything you have and give the remains to the poor. And it says that he walks away sad because he can't understand that the the, why would he have to give the, way, the, uh, the away the things that he's accumulated in order to enter in the kingdom? And he says, if you do these things, then you can be a disciple. Then you can follow me. Actually, yeah, let's, let's read. I'm gonna, I want to read it out of the message. So that's Mark 10, starting at the 17th verse. And he says this. Oh, I'm sorry, at the Passion. As Jesus started on his way, a man came running up to him, kneeling down in front of him. He cried out, good teacher, what one thing am I required to do to gain eternal life? And Jesus responded, why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. You already know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give a false testimony. Do not cheat and honor your father and mother. The man said to Jesus, teacher, I have carefully obeyed the law since my youth. Jesus fixed his gaze upon the man with tender love and said to him, yet there is still one thing in you lacking. Go sell all that you have and give the money to the poor. Then all of your treasure will be in heaven. 
after you've done this, come back and walk with me. Completely shocked by Jesus's answer, he turned and walked away very sad for he was extremely rich. Jesus looked at the faces of his disciples and said, how hard it is for the wealthy to enter into God's kingdom realm. Because see, he put his value and importance on what he had. And instead of understanding that the, 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 his greatest wealth would have been in being with Jesus, he missed the opportunity. The thing he came and asked for, he missed the opportunity because he did not understand why Jesus would ask him to give up something. And a lot of times there are things that God is asking us to give up. There are things that God is asking us to do that we just don't understand. And many of us are why people. So we, we, we got to try to figure it out for it to make sense. But you have to let Jesus direct even when you don't understand. Because what you don't understand is your disobedience separates you from him. So in this act of, of um, in his lack of understanding, he was not able to obey what God asked of him. And because of it, he was separated. And it, he goes away sad. Many of us have gone away sad because we could not do or understand. Well, because we didn't understand what Jesus wanted us to do, we just didn't do it. And then we end up in a place of sadness. And, and sometimes that leads us to, in later on, feeling shame and guilt and all these other things. When every blessing every promise is always on the other side of obedience every good thing from god is just on the other side of your obedience number uh four we have to make sure we are resting in god and not in self resting in god and not in self we talked about that as well in matthew 11 and 28 And it reads, are you weary carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me, I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. I love that. <laughs> come to me and I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. We talked about resting in God is, is to lean, right? And so it's like I was saying, it, it's a support, right? So God becomes your support. He becomes the, 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 the person and the place that you rest upon, and that's how we then rest in him. And so often we're trying to, uh, we have taken rest as the world's terminology, and sometimes we think, well, if I'm resting, I'm not productive. If I, resting is taking a nap, resting is not doing anything, right? But it is having God as your support so that when you are heavy laden, when life gets hard, and it will get hard, when you get tired, you have a support, a built-in support system in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But so many of us are trying to rest in our own strength, and that is never going to work. You cannot support yourself. Try to do it right now. Stand up and lean in the middle, like, with, and just try to, like, lean on the air and see what happens, right? Like, if you got up right now, did this, just, to, you'd fall in front of all of us. You, you would fall, because you cannot, you cannot support yourself but we have this idea that we can't. And so we're running and, and causing ourselves to be exhausted because we, we think that everything we are and everything we have, we're enough for ourselves. And we're not. 
the one who created you is the only one who can support you. And then finally, focus on the one thing. We have to make sure we are focused on the one thing and not on many things, right? So we want to have a message like Mary, right? Where Jesus will say in Luke 10, 42, Mary has found the one thing and I will not take that from her, right? We want to be found faithful. We do not want to miss the presence of God because we are trying to um, um, present and have the appearance of relationship without relationship. And a lot of people in the, in the things of God, I'm trying to be nice, have a, um, the appearance of relationship, but they do not actually have a relationship, right? So most people have a relationship with the ministry they go to and not the God they serve. So when you talk to them about their, their walk, they will tell you about where they go and what they do where they go. Instead of telling you who they serve and how he and 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 how they relate to one another, you know, it's about that relationship. So one of the things I was saying this this week is that I think a lot of times we miss the fact that do you know that Jesus that God the, that God calls us friend, right? And so a friend is someone that you are actually in relationship with. God calls us friend because he desires relationship. And you cannot be in relationship with someone you don't know. Many people think they are in relationship and they are actually just acquaintances. And a lot of us have been acquainted with God, but we have not been in relationship with him. And so we have to focus on the one thing because the one thing Mary focused on was a, a moment where she cemented a relationship so that down the line, she understood who he was, what he could do, how he moved. You know what I'm saying? She learned the nature and the character of God by being in his presence and desiring his presence. See, there's one thing to be in the presence of God, but you got to also desire his presence. You know, you can be in a worship setting and be enjoying all that they're doing and be in the presence and not desire his presence. Because you're just so focused on the music and what's happening. And you're like, ooh, I'm, we worship it. Ooh, God's presence is here. Okay. But when you desire God's presence, you don't have to wait for the worship team. You don't have to go somewhere to plug back into it. You will always be able to find his presence because you desire it. So thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God will bring his kingdom right into your house if you desire it. <laughs> but most of us are, are, think the presence of God is a feeling. It is not. Now you may feel something in his presence, but his presence is not a feeling. His presence is his person, is his character, is his nature. It's gotta be to a point where you know God has walked in the room before anybody tells you God walked in the room. Where you like, did you feel, where you say to someone else, did you, did you, just, did you just feel God walk in this room? 
right? Many of us are in services and we're doing like this. So we'll go, God is here. We're like, is he? <laughs> Where he at? <laughs> right? And you got to know that for yourself because you've spent time and you are in relationship. So let's go back to the first one. So remember when we began in January, we said this was going to take commitment, courage, and consistency, right? So I want to add two more things. So number one, if we're taking Jesus on the journey, that is directly attached to commitment. You got to be committed every day to make sure that Jesus is on your journey and that you are journeying with Jesus. So taking Jesus on the journey is attached to commitment. The next one, listening to what Jesus is really saying is connected to clarity. You need clarity. Many of us think Jesus is confused because we don't have clarity. Jesus is very clear, and yet we aren't that clear about our relationship with him. So let's talk about clarity real quick, if you're taking notes. Everybody with me? We're doing all right? Okay, checking in. Just want to check in. Okay, so I'm sorry. Hold, hold on one second. I got something in my little throat. <clears throat> okay, clarity. Here we go. So listening to what Jesus is really saying is connected to the word clarity. And so we want to make sure that, so here's the thing. Clarity has a quality of transparency and purity. It's, it's something that is easy to see or hear. Here's the thing, it's a sharpness. We have to develop a sharpness in our, in our spiritual ear to hear and understand what the Lord is saying. In the book of Revelation, it says, give us an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. So there needs to be a sharpness. There, 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 there's a, a level of transparency. And here's the thing. When something has clarity, it is certain. So you got to start getting certain about what the Lord said. And here's the thing. Don't say he said it until you're certain. How about that? <laughs> Don't say he said it until you're certain. Don't just keep telling everyone what God is telling you. Everything is for everybody to know. But until you're certain, Hear what I'm saying? Not only about what he said, but what it means, don't say anything. Unless you are seeking counsel, unless you are seeking wisdom. But don't start running out and telling everybody, because here's what you got to remember. The Bible says this, he only tells in part. So you have a part of what he's saying. You may be certain about the part, but you don't have the whole picture yet. So clarity. Number three, letting Jesus direct when we don't understand is directly connected to courage. It takes courage to let someone take you where you don't know where you're going. You got to have courage. You got to be brave. You got to look at this thing and say, I don't know where you're going, but I trust you and I, I'm, I'm, let's go. It takes courage. Courage. Number four, resting in God and not in self is connected to consistency. 
You have to consistently rest in the Lord. You have to consistently go back to the Father and be refreshed and refueled so that you can keep going. It's directly connected to consistency. And then the last one, which is focused on the one thing and not many things, is directly connected to communion. Directly connected to communion communion. So we know that we, you right, we, we take communion as an act of remembrance, but there is also the communion we have with the Lord. It's exchanging intimate thoughts. That's what communion means. And feelings, exchanging intimate thoughts and feelings. So we have to be in constant communion with the Lord exchanging intimate thoughts and feelings. And the thing is, when we're in communion with the, God, with the Lord, you shouldn't be doing all the talking. Doesn't mean you won't talk, but he wants to communicate and exchange with you his thoughts and his feelings. Do you know why so many of us don't have a, a, the greatest perspective or picture of what God sees in us and about us is because most of the time we are in exchange with him, we are telling him what we need. We are begging him to do something. We're asking him to move. But we have never, we never sit long enough for him to have an exchange with us about his feelings and his thoughts concerning us. How much he loves you, what he sees about you, what he feels about you. We would understand the love of God in a greater way if we had more communion with God. And that's what Mary did. While Mary was at the feet of Jesus, she was in communion with him. And then in that communion, you're able to lavish your affections back to him. Communion is, a, is an exchange of affection and love for one another. And so we have to, as we talked about commitment and courage and consistency, I'm sorry, com I'm, yeah, commitment, courage, and consistency, we now have to add clarity and communion. The disciples were in constant communion with Jesus. The disciples had to be committed to the journey. The disciples had to have courage because he was asking them to do things they had never done before, going places they had never seen, right? They had to have, now, when they were not clear, he was, this is how much, this is how loving God is. When they didn't fully understand, they needed clarity, he gave it. <laughs> he gave it time after time. He's like, oh, you, oh, you faithless generation, let me help you out here. Well, this woman shouldn't have uh, broken this alabaster box. We could have had this money. Okay, let me, let, let, let me get, let me get clear on this. <laughs> this, this woman touched you. She shouldn't touch you. Okay, let, let me help you with this, right? In every move, when they didn't understand, Jesus was like, let me give you some clarity. Because you're walking with me and we're about to move forward and I need you to be clear about what's happening. Okay? And then communion. And they had, man, they had clarity, courage, commitment, consistency, and, cons and they were in a, the deepest level of communion anyone could be with Jesus. And here's the thing, Jesus wants that same level of communion with you. Even though you can't touch him, 
he is fully present. And the Holy Spirit is the one, uh, the person that's going to lead us into that great communion with the Father and the Son. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the K-How Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at khowworshipla. That's K-H-O-W-O-R-S-H-I-P-L-A at gmail.com.